Hello and welcome back. I'm Fleur East. If you're new here, let me break it down for you. This is where we keep it real, open and honest about reality TV. So let's begin. What's going on, guys? Jordan and Perry here from Diversity, winners of Britain's Got Talent and loads more reality TV shows. Yes, and we're talking to Fleur East about our reality of reality TV. This week, I spoke online to the winners of Britain's Got Talent from that dance group that beats Susan Boyle. Yes, it's Jordan and Perry from Diversity. Now, I wanted to talk to them because, let's face it, I love a bargain and I got two for the price of one. But also, they're from Britain's Got Talent, they're amazing dancers and they had such a unique introduction into the world of reality TV. They experienced it as a massive group as well and I really wanted to know what that was like. Easy, Fleur, look at that. What up? It's like caramel through the mic. <laughs> Look at that. It's so extra. <laughs> what an absolute treat to be joined by Jordan and Perry from Diversity. Yay. Woo-woo. Thanks for having us. <laughs> now, we have to vow on the reality of reality TV that we are as real and as honest as possible. Nice. Mm-hmm. Can you vow yep. to be real and keep it real today? Yes, that I can. Oh, why is there a sigh from Jordan? I, I don't know about that, Fleur. I'm not sure if I can do it for you. Oh. I'm going to be honest with you. I uh, I walked in here. I, I on my rider. I had um, I had four puppies. Um, I had a pack of digestives. I had a gold watch, and none of it was here. All right. I'm joking. It's a joke, obviously, guys. If you're wondering, I vow to be <laughs> as lovely as possible and as honest as possible. I promise. Wonderful. Okay, we want to know all about you guys. So, first of all, let's start at the beginning. Yes. It's a very good place to start. Why? Why did you go on Brits Got Talent? What was it about BGT that attracted you? Um, I feel it was more, less of a um, a conscious decision to go, we're going on Britain's Got Talent. And it kind of just, not accidentally, it kind of happened. So, the first year, everyone was like, oh, there's this brand new show. So that was 2007, and that was when Paul Potts won, right? And we said, oh, okay. The next year, everyone was like, you should go on it, you should go on it. And we was always kind of of the of the, the notion of, no, it's not for us. We're happy doing what we're doing. And I feel like a lot of dancers kind of had that attitude because I feel like a lot of people didn't want to go on like a talent show. You could be the best thing in the world and get beaten by a dog. Like, I don't think anyone, like, no dancers wanted to take that risk. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, um, and then uh, George Sampson done really well that year. He won and we were still umming and ahhing. And in the next year, when auditions were happening, we were performing in a shopping centre in Romford. Um, you know, we were just frying down some moves. I think outside, uh, probably Claire's accessories or something like that. I'm just trying to set the scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there was a scout who was uh, at the um, who was at the audition. She'd come back. They were in Manchester at the time, and she was coming to like I think she was like visiting her mum or something like that in Romford, and just happened to be walking past as we was performing. Gave us a card and was like, "I'd love for you to come down and audition." and all the, we were kind of at that time in our lives where some of the boys had just left uni, some of the boys were getting jobs, and me and Perry were still quite young. I was 15, Perry was 12, and it was kind of a case of, well, some of the boys were then going to, you know, maybe move away. Like, the hobby that was dancing, even though we loved it, wasn't going to be a job. It was time to get real. Uh, maybe do BGs here as, like, a last hurrah altogether sort of thing. And now we're sat here talking to Fleuries on a podcast. So, you know, that's that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward. I actually think that I saw you performing in Blue Water back in the day. 
probably probably love blue water they had the best food court of all the shepherd centers we performed in so i was always happy to go there i love that, that yeah. that's how that's how george judges everything where's the best food has the best food yeah. court that, that's how i judge everywhere that's how i judge everywhere <laughs> little warning never never go to perry's house terrible food it's funny he'd never say that to my face though isn't it yeah it's separate rooms i can not to your face i'll be honest yeah. <laughs> he's scary you, you don't want to mess with him his glasses steam up he gets all he gets all bitey just don't don't mess with pill mm. don't mess with him <laughs> Yeah, we went on it with nothing but genuinely like love for each other and love for what we do. And it was just like, oh, let's go on it and see what we do. It wasn't a case of. Yeah, it was nothing more than that. Literally nothing more. You know, I, I was 16. I was doing GCSEs in my head. I was like, right, I'm going to go. going to go college. I'm going to study accounting. I'm going to be an accountant like that. Literally, that was my, that's what I was going to do. Um, obviously, Pell was really young. Um, Ash was in uni. It was like, yeah, this will be like a good thing to do. And then I'll finish. I'll get my degree and we go from there. Like, it was never we're going on there and we're building this career. It was literally for fun. And I feel like that's the one thing that's kind of rung true until now. It's kind of like our brotherhood. That's always kind of been like the most important thing. And obviously business and everything else comes into it now because everybody grows up and everyone's got families to feed. Um, but I think that's why we entered because we wanted just to be together and it was kind of, it was a wicked thing to do. It was going to be an experience. We'd never been on TV before. It was, oh my days, like we're going to get to showcase what we love to so many people. Mm-hmm. It's so easy now to try and look back on it with, you know, uh, an old head on young so- uh, on young shoulders, try and think like, oh, we did it because, oh, you know, now we've done this, this, this and that. But it was nothing like that. We just went on it because it was something fun to do together. You know, that was it. Yeah, and I think that's probably what contributed to you guys doing so well because you just went in there and you enjoyed it. You weren't too in your head. You weren't overthinking the process. Yeah, You just went in it to have a good time mm-hmm. and look at it you won oh my god mad that's it <laughs> <laughs> we did it party popper <laughs> bam mic drop <laughs> <laughs> yeah you definitely come a long way from the uh, blue water performances so let's get in to your realities because you've shared some realities with me about reality tv mm. and the first reality is being yourself and learning not everyone is going to like you. Yeah, yeah. What made you realise that? When did you realise that? Ooh, pr- pretty early on, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pell, I think you're probably better equipped to answer this one because you took a hard time randomly a lot. Do you know what I mean? Whether it be in YouTube comments or Twitter or for whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it always ties back to me being super young. You know what I mean? I feel like it was something in your head, you know. I'm super young, I'm back in school, but I've just won this show and now we're touring the country. You know, people are like, oh, I bet everyone in school loves you. But I'd get back into school and I'd always, like, you know, not even to, like, playing, like, heartstrings or get the violins out, but, like, I, I was bullied, like, from up until, like, literally all of my school life, you know. Um, and it was everything pretty much to do with what I was doing on the outside. But then I feel like I've got such a tight-knit group of brothers around me that are always telling me why why sink to their level I'm, like I'm this is what I love to do why change because I think if it was that I think it's really easy for me to live that diversity life go back to school and then let that just kind of eat me up and just you know just put me in a kind of bad place and like do you know what maybe this isn't for me but I think having that kind of family system around me really really helped me for sure i think majority of the people i've spoken to on this podcast in particular have been going through this journey alone 
as a solo artist or as a, as a singular person, as an individual. And you guys had each other. You were in this massive crew. Yep. So what was it like navigating through the reality TV experience in a group? Do you know what? I think the biggest problem for us when we first started was everything was a day out with the boys. And if we carried on that way, there wasn't going to be a career out of it. So like, obviously, you know Ash, right, Flo? You've met Ash before. Yeah. Ash has been the way he's been. Oh, you, you don't know how annoying it is being his little brother. <laughs> he's been like a boss and been like, had direction since he was like six or seven. It's stupid. Like <laughs> the fashion shows you used to see, he started creating them from my, for my mum and working in the company when he was 12. So like the concepts, the music, the choreo, everything was Ash, right? Even the models, like from when he was 12, 13, that was Ash. He taught all the classes at the studio. He ran my mum's studio for her. He, he's always been that way. But the rest of us were literally just a big group of mates. Like when I found out about Pell having troubles at school, you know, I was 19, 20, wanting to put in 14 year olds in headlocks. You know, I'm, 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 not, I'm not the mature one. I'll be honest. I'll try I didn't do it. Disclaimer, don't arrest me. But, you know, I wasn't happy. I feel like that's why Pell is the way he is. Ash has had a real influence on Pell. And I think navigating it as a group, it was really easy for most of us because it was it's a doubt with the lads we're having fun oh yeah like i remember we was on tour the britain's got talent tour and to us it wasn't like a job it was oh my days we're performing then we're jumping on a helicopter we're lads 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 and all ash was thinking was how are we structuring the set are we making it back for the tour is the music right and so we're really lucky that we had ash the way he was and my mum, mm-hmm. the way she is, which is, um, I'm trying to think of the right word to describe my mum. <laughs> Here we go. Passionate. <laughs> Passionate's the right word. You don't mess with my mum. She's very passionate. So <laughs> she's an interesting manager to have, especially when you're a son. So her, my my mum and my brother, they kind of really navigated everything for us when we first started out. Mm-hmm. And we was conscious kind of like a big group of mates having fun. So some of them early memories before any pressures or any stresses were kind of like, the best things in the world. And then, obviously, you can't just leave things how they was when you do a reality TV show. You can't just carry on doing the same things. You have to evolve. You have to adapt, which is why, like, like you know, when when um, my chance came up to do The Jungle, initially, I was like, there is no way I'm doing that show. And it wasn't because of Bush Tucker trials or anything <laughs> like that. It was a case of I've never done anything on my own outside the group. When I go in there, I'm not representing Jordan. I'm representing diversity. I can't do anything that jeopardises that. It was a reality that Ash and Pell were always the forefront of stuff. And I was more mm-hmm. than happy to be able to perform at the O2 and then walk down my high street like, like you know, I didn't do anything else. I had the, I had the best of both worlds. Going on the jungle kind of opens you up to that side of, you know, you're making a name for yourself. And I, it was Ash who convinced me to do it. But for the first like couple of weeks, I was like, there is no way you'll get me on that show. Like, I just didn't feel like I could do it. So it was almost like what I'm gathering from talking to you is it was almost like a unit, a solid yeah. unit. So if, if the public didn't like one of you, then it's like you all took that mm-hmm. on. And if they loved one of you or a couple of you, you all took that on at the same time. Yeah. Like... Again, I know it's, it's the same thing for everything, right? But Ash kind of takes it to the next level. So there would be a there'd be a video on YouTube, a performance, and it could have 2,000 comments, right? And they could all be wicked. And then there'd be five comments that aren't good. And like everyone does, like people take those five comments to heart, right? But like Ash would go on and he'd see a comment, especially if it was from like the dance community, right? And if it was a negative thing from the dance community, I remember one time he saw a comment, something about like, I don't know, choreo not being tight enough or... There wasn't enough creativity in the chorus, something like mm. that. 
he took all 11 of us and flew us out to Germany and made us stay for three weeks to do urban dance camp. He was like, everyone's going. Like, but like, he does not mess around. Like, he gets... The moment there is something, like, he likes to fix it straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he always did it from when we were kids as well. Even because when we was working in the shopping centres, to him, it was like, this is our family's business. So if you're misbehaving in the shopping centres, then you're misbehaving in front of the client, which mis- which puts everything in jeopardy for the studio, for the family. So... He's always been that way even ever since we were kids. So anything like that, anything negative, he's just like, I'll resolve it. He's on it. He's on it. He's on it. He's a militant leader. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But in some ways, you could argue that your experience was a little bit easier because like you said, Jordan, it's like you could go out on the street and no one would necessarily go, oh, you're from diversity. You could just kind of live a normal life and then be diversity when you were on stage. 100%. Yeah, I agree. I think that for the first few years, Ash and Pell took the brunt of that stuff. And even then, it was always, you know, we wasn't the sort of people or sort of quote-unquote celebrities where you open OK and you'd be like, oh, 12 members of a dance group are pregnant. It's like, well, that's not going to happen, is it? Like, no, like, no, <laughs> nobody cared about that stuff. It wasn't until we started doing other stuff like, you know, I'm a celebrity or dance on an ice ash became a personality in terms of not just being part of diversity but a judge on this show a presenter on that show and it's kind of grown from there Mm. so i would say the weirdest part is it wasn't we were well equipped because it didn't get tough especially for like me uh, until we'd already had loads of experience of like the industry quote-unquote so to speak like we kind of knew how things worked what was expected from us and then, like, the line, like, got dropped on us. It wasn't, like, pulled out of school for me, but for Pell it was. It was a real different approach for Pell than it was for me. Mm. Perry, because you were, like, one of the youngest, and now listening to your experience, it sounds like you had quite a tough time doing it at such a young age and still being at school. Do you reckon you would have been able to do it on your own? No. I think, put bluntly. <laughs> um, I think the only reason I'm here today is because I've grown as a person because of the rest of the boys and the experience that we've all gone through. Yeah, man. You know, we'd finish we'd finish a tour date in, on one side of the country and then we'd get a helicopter and we'd fly to wireless and then we'd go back and then we'd do the, the evening show and then that morning after, I'd go to school. It was really weird, you know? It was, it was really odd. So for me, I was just in this kind of, like, really odd bubble yeah i would say that your first reality of being yourself and learning not everyone's gonna like you was definitely easier because you had a family unit of support around you and also the magnifying glass wasn't necessarily on each of you individually so being in a group made that a lot easier for you Hmm. yeah man as i got older and my life transitioned from being less about just dancing to you know now i've got a fiance i've got kids and stuff like that it's random little things like you expect it, but when it happens, you're like, oh, for God's sake. Like, I remember ringing Pell um, when I was working on the first season of The Greatest Dancer, and I was looking at a house because I just found out that um, my my girlfriend was pregnant with, with our second kid, and I was like, oh, like, we need more space. We're going to need a bigger house. So we, we went looking, and we was trying to find something, and I got a call from the Greatest Dancer PR team, and I was like, uh, Jordan, we need to ask you something because... Um, the son have rang us and they're going to run a, run a story. And I was like, what's the story? Like, what have I done? Like, well, I stopped panicking straight away because I was like, oh, what have I done? They're like, oh, they're going to run that um, you, you and they're having a second baby. And I was like, bearing in mind there were some complications and it was really early on as well. And I was like, how? Like, 
I, I haven't told anyone. I don't think I'd even told all the boys. I think I told like a few of the boys and basically someone had seen us in the hospital and, you know, put a call in and like sold the story. And it must have been someone like who overheard quite a lot because they were like, you know, quite detailed with what they said and stuff. And it was just really like, what the hell? And it's weird, like being spending so long on the other side of that of everything being the right way of that stuff and everything being like the way you want it to go. You know, like we said, walking down the high street and doing whatever you want and then performing in the O2 the next day. And it was diversity that was like well-known. When, you know, we made the step into each of us, you know, again, not to kind of bring them up a lot, but Ash kind of had a structure where it was like the diversity thing is one part. Like, Ash's sound was wherever one of us goes, the group follows. So, like, Pell doing something to me, doing something to him, doing something is stronger for all 11 of us. Like, that's just the way he saw it, which is why, in the end, I took the jungle and, you know, do the present, did the presenting on Greatest Dancer and stuff like that. But then the stuff that I was worried about slowly but surely started happening. You know, I'd be driving around and... I remember this car kept following me down the thing and then like there was Paps in the car taking pictures and it was just like, it's just stuff you don't quite, no matter how long you think you've been in it for, you're not quite ready for it and it's always quite like infuriating. Mm. But we've avoided it for that long. That's what makes it so... It's like you had yeah. you had safety in that bubble and then the minute you guys stepped out alone, your bubble was burst and you're like, uh-oh. That's what made it yeah. worse because we'd avoided it. And then I'm like, hang on, how can you tell me you're telling people about my kid? Like, it's my kid. It's just mad. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. And then you almost have to like adjust to that new found version of whatever you've been living, you know? Yeah, in some ways, though, I, I envy your trajectory because... I would have loved to have that unit and that support around me in the early stages and then kind of have to deal with that later on when I've had like a lot of the success rather than yeah. from with me. It was like right at the start, all eyes on you, every move you make, every mistake you make, everybody's watching you. So you're really lucky in, in a lot of ways that you had that. Yeah. Mm, mm. That kind of leads me on perfectly into your other reality that you that you brought to me. You said, Britain's Got Talent was the easy bit and the hard work happens after. Now, through talking to a lot of people on reality TV and obviously having experienced it myself, I definitely un- understand that it gets 10 times harder the minute you, you're launched into the industry. But me and you know that that process of those TV talent shows is not easy. No. So if the hard work happens after, talk to me about how difficult it was on the show, first of all. Mm, do you know what? Again, we were very lucky in terms of where we wasn't expecting anything from it. There was no pressure for it. So for us, it was a group of mates doing what we love to do, putting performances together. And the one who was stressed was Ash, because where he did the music, the choreo, the staging, he was stressed for it. <laughs> And so the show itself was really difficult only because, you know, some of us were young. We wanted to be prepared. You wanted to rehearse. But again, where there's a big group of us, you know, if they were filming VTs, if the papers were running a story, if anything like that was happening, they were pulling Ash and Pell to the side and them two took the brunt. Mm. Um, And the reason afterwards why it becomes hard is because, you know, diversity is not a small group of people, right? And there's so many more people than what people see, you know, from lighting designers to music to obviously my mum, managing, wardrobe, all that stuff, right? And where we all roll as a family unit, it's a lot of people to go, I'm going to be your livelihood. 
And that is where the hard work starts. Because then it's not just about going, oh, I want my I want my acts to do well. Me, me, me. I want this. I want that. Mm. Because I want to. But it's like a case of how do I keep a roof over 20 people's heads, keep the studio going, keep this happening. And that's where the real pressure and the real hard work comes into it. Because, you know, essentially you're running a company mm-hmm. and rather than just yourself. Yeah. And, you know, there's especially for us, you know, we're a live act. There's no, there's no advance. There's no record label. There's nothing like that. It's either you, you do the work or you don't. Yeah. And, and that's the way it is. And especially when you want it to do well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you almost get like a bit. You get a taste of it, and you're like, we want this to just happen. We want this to, you know, carry on for the rest of our lives or as long as we possibly can. But once again, that just adds crazy amounts of pressure. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I feel like you can't, you can't win. You can't have your cake and eat it. You know? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, in all honesty, there's a lot of pros and there's a lot of cons, which I'm sure you've gone over so many times on this show, right? And the pros of it are, when it goes well, it's, we've built a life, like Perry's, with no exaggeration, my best friend, obviously the leader of our group, choreographer's my older brother, our our manager's my mum, like... I get to spend genuinely, not like, oh, I do what I love. I do what I love with the people I love every single day. Like, not many people can say that about their job. Even if they like their job mm-hmm. or they're passionate about it, mm-hmm. there's always someone they don't like working with or there's always this hiccup. Like, we're really lucky to be in a place where, you know, we're comfortable for our families. We've been able to provide for our families. We do what we love with the people we love. We're lucky all round. Um, and I think a big part of that, well, the whole thing, obviously, was having a platform like Britain's Got Talent to jump off from. The negative side of things, I think, when it comes to reality TV is that a lot of people who go on there or a lot of people at home think once you do well on a show like that, your job's done. And it's literally the opposite. Like, your work, the hard work's only just starting. That's it. Yeah. Once you once you do well and you make the platform, that's why everyone goes, oh, so weird. Like people do well and you see them for a year and then they just disappear. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that will happen to everyone if you don't put the work in. Like Fleur, for you, for example, right? You was on X Factor. Now you're you're hosting breakfast shows. You've got a podcast. You're still releasing music. Like you have to like put a foundation in, in so many places and work hard because, you know, everyone thinks that it's a case of, oh, yeah, I want to done that show and now I'm secured and it's not. And that's, I think... That's kind of the scary part where, you know, there isn't always a huge aftercare thing. There isn't always advice. There isn't this. And your life goes in a million miles an hour in the right direction where you feel like you've always wanted to be. And then within six months, you know, you're back on the phone to your old boss asking if you can start recruitment again. And it's not it's like I'm not saying it's like banter. I'm saying it can happen, you know, if you don't put it in. Yeah. I do I think it's one of those things that actually do come with it because obviously I was in school when we won and I was I was literally in like my uh, I think I was in my second year of of secondary school and obviously we won it was all going great but the kind of mentality from like all of my teachers was yeah this is so cool but you should focus more on this because this isn't going to last and you know what I mean it has got that with it so it puts you up there it gets you the recognition but it's your job to then work hard and make sure you build your legacy so to say you know yeah yeah before BGT, and I say this with no exaggeration or jokes, Perry Kylie, the one everyone knows and loves, the super talented man that he is, was our water boy. He used to walk around with our towels and our water, and that was it. He never performed, and that is, that is genuinely... In, in, like, 2007, he turned up after watching us perform at a shopping centre in Lakeside and was like, oh, my gosh, I, 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 I love what I've seen. Like, I started coming to the studio, and for the first two years... 
Pell didn't say one word to me. <laughs> I would try and speak to him every single class. He just didn't speak. Like, Pell didn't speak back in the day. Wow. Yeah, now you can't shut him up. Mm. I was going to ask you, because it sounds like for Jordan initially, it was quite cushy. Yeah, man. Chilled. Because you were like, <laughs> like, I can just do my routine here. I don't have to do any <laughs> interviews. I'm nice. Whereas, Perry, for you, you were essentially like the front man. I, I'll never forget it. You at the front with your big hair. I was always getting compared to you. You were like, oh, oh my God, you're, like that, you're like that boy, that cute boy in diversity. I was like, yes, okay. Um, yes, thank you. So was there ever a time, because you were so young as well and you were at school, was there ever a time where you're just like, oh, I don't want to do these interviews. Like, why does it have to be me? Oh, I can't lie. Interviews, I hated. I hated. Like I keep saying, I was super shy. Um, so yes, to kind of be that front man, so to say, was I mean it, it was it looks cool from the outside but it was genuinely my worst nightmare like if you ask Jeweled any mm. interview we had after the show whether that's like you know Good Morning Britain or whatever it was back then someone would ask me a question I'd freeze like the thing I loved to do was dance and perform and just be with my friends that side of it just wasn't me mm-hmm. and you know being pushed to the front of that I mean you just you just got to face it but definitely wasn't wasn't easy in the slightest I think what's even harder as well for you guys is that there weren't many dance groups that had been through a TV talent show like that and then had one and then went on tour. It was a very unique model. So you didn't have mm-hmm. you didn't have an example to follow really, did you? No, not 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 in the slightest. I think that was the weird one. Like I think before us, obviously George Sampson won and I think he were like he like released a DVD of like music videos like dancing to like famous tracks and you know whoever was managing him at the time tried to like get him to learn to sing and try to turn him into more of that kind of way. But there was a big group of us. I remember we finished BGT and the general approach to us wasn't it wasn't like malicious. It's just because like you said there was no business model. The general approach was yeah you know go go do some performances at some corporates and you know make hay while the sun shines sorts of thing. And I remember Ash was like I'm going to put us on tour. And we went to several promoters and it was a case of this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work. And then we got a promoter in the end and then Ash put on a tour and now we're like, you know, I think 11 tours down or the 12th one's on sale now. Like it's like you said, there was no business model. So it took like a, a lot of hard graft. And to be honest, it took a lot of mistakes. You know, there's been patches throughout the career when we've launched things, we've spent a lot of money on stuff that hasn't worked, but then vice versa. The one thing that like we have, which I know a lot of people do, but you know, we really appreciate it massively is like, the people who support us really, really support us. And even if you're not a big fan of diversity, like, or a big fan of street dance or dance in general, most people turn on the TV and, you know, if they see we're on, they're like, oh, that's cool. And, like, they acknowledge that. And that means a lot. We don't need you going, oh, I love you. Oh, my gosh, Perry, let me wear your glasses. Like, it doesn't always have to be that. Like, I feel like, like with me and Pill, the weirdest thing was we never, like, the plan was never to be, like, presenters or anything together. He was... Ash was judging a show called Got to Dance um, in like 2000 and I think it was like 11 when it Pell 2011 yeah 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 uh-huh. I remember that <laughs> they yeah. asked Pell to come and do the behind the scenes now imagine that's my that's my worst nightmare right now obviously because Pell's really shy he was like oh Jill can you come with me and I was like yeah cool so I went with Pell while he was filming his stuff and I would just sit behind the <laughs> camera on my phone um, probably a Blackberry back then you were playing Snake or something because it was a few years ago um, <laughs> and uh, me and Pell were mucking around off camera and the director was like, oh, that was really funny. Can we try a link with you two together? And we were like, oh, yeah, if you want, like, let, let's try it. And then that one link turned into five. And then the rest of the series we filmed together. And then we started stuff on Nickelodeon. And it just kind of really naturally progressed, which is kind of what 
everything has done with us. It was never like a forced, do you know what, Perry, um, I know you want to get laser eye surgery, but keep the glossy, it looks good for the brand. Like, it was never anything like that. It was just like, <laughs> it's just kind of, everything that's happened just kind of happened naturally, you know? Yeah, yeah. You touched on it earlier, but you said that not every person on reality TV goes on to continued success. So nice. while we know that there's so many pros to going through a reality TV format, some people might listen to that and go what's the point like why bother it sounds like there's so much risk like you said you lost so much money trying so many different things like why bother even doing a reality tv show i think it's just why not and and i think it's one of those things where it's a case of i think you need to really believe in what you're doing like what i don't think you should do is with a reality tv show is don't go on there doubting yourself or not thinking you can win and there's a real difference between being like people think like if you say something like that you're automatically not humble and that's not true like you can be humble but know that you've got a gift and that and and, and that's just all that you've worked hard at it do you know what i'm trying to say yeah take you for example fleur like i i, I throw to you a lot because you've been through the same thing so it's rare we have a conversation with someone who can who can relate to that but like you never you might not have walked into x factor throwing a mic at simon cow's face and going i'm gonna effing win this you might not have done that <laughs> <laughs> but you know you walked in with a belief that like i can do this win or not like i know that i've got a gift like i can do it and I think that is, there might seem like there's risk and there might seem like it's scary to go on a reality show. But if you feel like you've got something that you want to share with people and you really want to make something of it and you actually believe that, then like Pell said, like, there's not really a reason not to because otherwise, I know like, it sounds like such a, I know this is an Instagram and it's not a meme or like Motivational Monday, but like, if you don't try, you're never going to know. That's literally the whole reason I did X Factor. I was like, I don't want to sit here... 50 years from now and go, ah, oh, what if I'd done, what if I'd auditioned? Like my life could have been very different. And picking up on what you said, I think the greatest risk definitely reaps the greatest reward for sure, hands down. And um, I remember actually being on X Factor though. And there were loads of people that from the beginning I'd go, oh, they're blatantly gonna win or like they're gonna do really well. And I remember going into the live show on X Factor, my odds were like 66 to one to win. Wow, wow. Did you ever feel like that when you were on British Got Talent where you're like, oh, these these people are going to do really well or that act's going to kill it and then it just didn't happen? We was in the same year as Susan Boyle. <laughs> yeah, we were, we're definitely not going to win. Yeah, I mean, like, we are done. <laughs> someone near us in Dagnum, they, they, um, I think they've done something that's quite like a, there's a lot of elements to the story, but long story short, I think they won like bingo or something. So they won like three grand. And like, it's money I didn't think I was going to have. I'm going to go and put it down on the local boys to win Britain's Got Talent. He put it down, not thinking anything of it. And I think our odds were like 25 to one at the time. Obviously he's come home with like 75 grand. And he's like, Whoa. how the hell? Not going to lie, should probably get commission on that now. Yeah, got two right? kids to feed, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, don't worry about it. That but, um, is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, we were exactly the same. For us, it was like Susan Boyle's 100% gonna win. You know, she was like, a, she made that year huge. She was like yeah. a global star overnight. So, um, and, and the TV games kind of changed. The golden era back then, you know, we was doing the live shows and the final was getting, you know, 20 million views. The live shows leading up to it with like 12, 13 million. It was like, oh, they're really good numbers. 
if you if you speak to a commissioner now and this show just, just got 20 million views they'll be on the floor sweating they'll be like oh my gosh yeah it's like so <laughs> stuff back then yeah it, it, it was a little bit crazy in terms when you think about it like that do you know what i mean yeah you're definitely right times have for sure changed that they have <laughs> definitely <laughs> And your defining moment, I mean, winning Britain's Got Talent. How did you feel when that happened? I think that I think that plays straight into the that Susan Boyle thing again. Because it mm. yes, we was there just having a good time and just show, just, you know, showcasing to the world what we can do. But it was never something we thought we'd actually win, especially with Susan Boyle in the competition. Yeah, yeah, it was mad. But from that moment when we were standing next to Susan Boyle and you literally we we looking at each other and we're we're genuinely congratulating everyone saying oh my god we actually got to the final we're in second place and blah 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 and then for the, for Ant and Deck to say diversity is well you, you just don't think it's real you just you you genuinely just don't think it's real so it it has to be the defining moment because look where we are now and it it was never expected from yeah. the outside world or us you know what i mean i mean had you written yourselves off completely <laughs> yeah, man. Literally, watch it back. Watch it back. When it comes down to the last two, we're all spudding each other like, yes, you, man, like, second place is the new first place. Like, no one is beating Susan Ball. Like, literally, we're all there like, well done, bro. Oh, I love you, man. Six, six, six. Like, we're not even listening to Anton Deck anymore at this point. Yeah, I'm just waving at my mummy in the audience. I was like, mum. Yeah, like, hiya. I'm on TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Probably for the last time. Hiya. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, obviously, they say diversity. And I think... Half the boys start crying. For some reason, I start, I start shouting like I don't know aggressively, why, just really aggressively. <laughs> In your face, Susan! Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Just randomly started shouting. Pell starts crying and walking around like an elderly lady. I was like, I don't know what the hell was going on. It was really random. It all kicked off. You're like, take that, Subo. <laughs> <laughs> Bless her. No, genuinely, watch it back. You can tell we wasn't so expecting funny. it at all. So funny. The winner of Britain's Got Talent 2009 is... Diversity! You just won Britain's Got Talent. How do you feel? <laughs> oh, you know, I actually... I am... I, I I'm actually... That's, I was just... I, I, was, I was going to the guys, oh, guys, second... Yeah, when you said our name, I answer. I'm gonna wake up in a minute. <laughs> That's well, look, you're gonna perform oh. for the Queen. Oh. You guys are gonna be there. Why do you think you won? I don't want to take credit, but, you know, a lot of people, they, they used to go, who's that random, slightly <laughs> overweight one in the back? And I was like, it's me. And I know I brought, I brought it all I brought it all forward. I made it. I made, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I think people just, on a genuine level, related to the fact that... Cause so Flawless was in the same same year as us, right? Yes. And bef- when Flawless entered, we didn't know Flawless were entering. And then we turned up for an audition and someone's like, oh, we had another group here yesterday. And we said, oh, what was their name? The moment they said Flawless, I was like, let's go home. Let's go. Mm. I spent every day, ask Pell, watching Flawless. Like, they were my idols. Like, yeah. I used to just watch them and be like, that that's my dream. They're just like incredible, right? So when I found out that Flawless were in the competition, I asked Ash, I literally was like, what is the point? Like, why are we wasting our time? Like, let's just go home. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, that that was a bit nuts because looking at them and seeing how incredible they was, that's how I knew we had something really, really different. And 
when you look at something like Flawless and someone like them, that on paper, everything you wanted from a dance group, they was. Do you know what I mean? Like, And everything you wanted, even from like a TV point of view, you know, they're a bunch of good-looking, talented, smart men. Like, they were just on it. Like, they were the complete... Pa- and that's the way I saw it. Uh, but then when you... I think when you look at us, like, the randomness of it, like, the imperfections of it, just like, the we're a group of mates... You couldn't help. And even though that's the same for Flawless, of course, they're a group of friends. But for us, it literally was, yeah, my uh, my mum lets us dance in, in shopping centres. And, you know, my brother's the choreographer and me and Pell are best friends and good times, man. And I think people just related to that. And they just kind of saw that, like, we were just doing stuff we wanted to do. We loved doing it. And, yeah. you know, they, they, they liked the performances. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of grew from there, I think. It was like building a relationship rather than just going, we're going to come on, five, six, seven, eight, two back tucks, peace, and we'll cough, like, rather than something like that happening. <laughs> you were rough around the edges, shall there we, we go. say. There we go. That's what people fell in love with. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're asking the dude for commission from his winnings, and I owe, like, hundreds of people so much money because... They betted money on me and I came second. So, uh, whee. It happens, man. It ha- no, ri- no risk, no reward. We said that. No risk, no reward. That, that happened this year to me on Dancing on Ice. So. I bet a lot of money on Pell. That, that, that didn't go well, did it? <laughs> Joe Swash, if I if I end up not, not clothing my kids for the next year, it's your fault, mate. That's all I'm going to say. It's your fault, Joe Swash. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, talking about longevity, 11 years in the business... I mean, look at you guys now. You're hosting Kiss Breakfast Show. Woo-hoo. Look at me. I'm on Hits Radio Breakfast. Woo-hoo. Me and you, Jordan, both been in the jungle. Yeah. Perry, been dancing on ice. Oh, We've all hosted TV yeah. shows. We're doing all right, aren't we? We're doing. We're not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. Two afros and a do rag, making making moves. <laughs> That's what I like. That's what I like to see. Killing it. Our realities now are very, very different from when we started and when we embarked on our journeys. That's for sure, right? 100% oh for sure and I love that no, I've, personally I don't think anything I've done I could have expected you know what I mean uh, even if it was just like yes I'm in this dance group we're going to dance forever if I, if I thought the career was going to go on I was just going to dance and that is it and we're just going to dance until I can't dance no more you know <laughs> being all dramatic on it but just what, whatever the kind of directions that this crazy journey takes you on is just mad so you just kind of have to like grab those opportunities and just try stuff Exactly. Try before you buy. That's, That's what it. I say. Try before you buy. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me. It's been fascinating hearing all about your, your journey and your story as a group. It's been great. No, thank you, Fleur. Oh, no worries. Sorry for... I feel like every time I'm like, yeah, I was young. I don't really have a clue what's going on. So, uh... <laughs> There's your interview, all right? See you later, babe. Yeah. <laughs> There's written a few. I don't know what's happening, but no. <laughs> it's all part of the reality. That is the reality. the reality. I just don't have a clue to this day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so much fun talking to those boys. I absolutely love the chemistry between them. I want to be a member of Diversity. <laughs> Do you think they'll have me? Talking to the boys introduced such a different dynamic to this podcast, and it was really cool finding out what the spotlight was like at such a young age, particularly talking to Perry. And it was cool to know that the group provided a support system for the both of them. Now, you might notice that I sound a little bit different right now. Well, that's because I'm filming an actual reality TV show. Yes, I'm taking part in ITV's Don't Rock the Boat, which will be out later this year. Now, this show basically involves 12 celebrities rowing 
from the south of the UK to the north of the UK. Now, don't ask me why I decided to embark on such a crazy journey, but I guess I just love a challenge. And ultimately, you know, I'm really passionate about reality TV. So I thought, why not? So because of this, I'm going to get the final episode of this season to you as soon as I can. And oh my, do I have an amazing guest lined up for you. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast because that's the best way for you to get that episode as soon as it drops. Remember to rate us, leave us a review and tell us how much you're enjoying this podcast using the hashtag reality reality TV on your socials. And you can usually catch me on Hits Radio Breakfast every morning from six when I'm not on a boat. But you can catch up with what I'm up to on my Insta stories at Fleur East. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you as soon as that final episode is ready.